Hawaii Up for September 17, 2005. Aloha and hola! This is Hawaii Up, show number 25. It's our uh, silver episode, I guess. My name's Ryan, and I'm proudly podcasting from paradise. Mahalo. Thanks for listening. You know, uh, we had a pretty wet week here in Hawaii, and uh, frankly, I had the work week to end all work weeks, but... You know, the sun came out today, and uh, this morning I was out with the family at the park cheering on Katie, my daughter, in uh, another soccer game. And, you know, I uh, just had to step back for a moment and breathe deep and remind myself, life is good. You know, I love my life. I do. And uh, I love having the opportunity to share it uh, and to share Hawaii with you. So uh, what have I got to share today? Well, um, I've got not one, but two artists that are brand new to Hawaii Up. Great music that I've uh, really been looking forward to feature. One uh, is from California and the other is from Canada, but both of them have strong Hawaii links and both sound great. Jen joins me for a bit of a best of recap, but only after we tell you a little bit about the special advanced screening of the season premiere of Lost. Don't worry, though, fans. Uh, we're not going to ruin anything for you. I've also got another listener comment to share, a Hawaii memory, and a couple of congratulations to send out. But, hey, first as always, let's do the news. It's time for... Hawaii Up Headlines, Around Hawaii, and Around the House. Gas prices remain the stubborn story of the day here, with the Star Bulletin keeping the average price at the top of every front page in big red numbers. It's at $3.59 today, which, uh, well, which is insane, but everyone's looking forward to Monday when the gas cap changes again, and it's going to drop from $2.87 this week to $2.37. Remember, of course, that that's the wholesale price limit, so you have to tack on $0.60 cents or so per gallon for the real price at the pump. That's going to be a drastic drop by Hawaii standards, though. Um, as some gas cap supporters are pointing out, it'll be one of the first price drops ever. You know, up until now, prices would only go up. When prices on the mainland went up, ours would follow suit. But when prices on the mainland came down, ours would stay put. So now that's going to change. Um, and gas cap proponents, which is a rapidly shrinking group as the political fallout increases, are saying that we're finally going to see the gas cap doing what it's supposed to be doing. Of course, that means that uh, local gasoline suppliers are stepping up their efforts to get the gas cap removed. Shell has filed a petition with the state Supreme Court questioning how the gas cap is being implemented. Even with a price drop coming, folks are still searching for ways to bring relief to island drivers. Maui Mayor Alan Arakawa has suggested suspending his county's gas tax for two months, saving drivers 18 cents a gallon, but costing the county $2 million in revenue. With the same idea here on Oahu, good old City Councilman Charles DeJoux has suggested a six-month break from Honolulu's gas tax of 16.5 cents a gallon. That would meet a $21 million budget shortfall, this when the city is still struggling to sustain basic services. Uh, not surprisingly, it's an idea that makes a great soundbite, but it's uh, pretty problematic in practice, and most of uh, Councilman DeJoux's colleagues are saying that the city can't afford it. 
In fact, the mayor has rightfully said that it's the state that should offer relief since it's the state's gas cap that's causing all the problems. The state has a gas tax, for example, and the state is making a killing on the excise tax now that gas bills overall have gone up. And uh, don't forget that huge budget surplus that the state's now sitting on. Three storms are lining up in the eastern Pacific and moving toward Hawaii. And while they're more than a thousand miles away, locals are obviously more wary than usual about the dangers a storm strike could bring. As the cleanup and recovery work begins in earnest in Louisiana after Hurricane Katrina, the National Hurricane Center in Miami has got its eye way over here in the Pacific, looking at Hurricanes Hova and Kenneth and Tropical Storm Lydia. Hurricane Hova is a Category 2 storm with 105-mile-an-hour winds, and Hurricane Kenneth is a bit stronger, but fortunately moving toward us a little slower. Tropical Storm Lydia is just winding up. Long-term forecasts have these storms weakening and passing northeast of the islands, but residents are being advised to start early with their hurricane planning. So, uh, you know, make sure you have an emergency first aid kit and food and water and all the medication you need for at least three days. And uh, if you're depending on FEMA, make that a week. Um, and please, you know, don't wait until a storm is rattling your windows and start a riot at Long's. Shop now to be ready later. Hurricane season runs through November, so we've got a long way to go. With our national leaders embroiled in debate over the Hurricane Katrina response and Supreme Court nominee John Roberts, Hawaii's congressional delegation has been hacking away at the Akaka bill to make it more palatable to the White House and Republicans in Congress. A new draft has now been submitted, and it specifically forbids gambling, it guarantees state and federal court jurisdiction, and exempts the military from any new laws or rules developed under a new Hawaiian governing body. Of course, local independence activists who've opposed the bill say that the weakening of it only makes it worse, and even supporters of the bill are now saying that they're going to have to consult with constitutional lawyers and other experts to make sure that the changes are reasonable. There's still no date proposed for the planned cloture vote in the Senate, and uh, that would force the Akaka bill onto the agenda, but again, with the amended bill now in play, it seems like the extra time will help. The state unemployment rate hit a 14-year low last month, according to the state labor department. The jobless rate in the islands fell a tenth of a percent in August to 2.6 percent, once again just about the lowest jobless rate in the nation. A total of 619,000 people are employed now. That's 22,000 more than this time last year, with only 16,000 people recorded as unemployed. You know, it's amazing to me to see that difference a strong economy can uh, make you know before not too long ago the problem was you had too many applicants for too few jobs and most of the applicants were way overqualified people with master's degrees were fighting to wait tables you know at my last job we'd put a secretarial position in the paper and get 150 resumes and a lot of those folks had really impressive backgrounds now though you know especially in industries like construction finding people is tough and with the huge rebuilding effort now going on in the south, it's actually only going to get harder here to find materials as well as people. Um, it's really become a worker's market. You know, people can uh, now leave. Turnover is high because folks are using the luxury to seek bigger paychecks. 
And, uh, you know, like many businesses here, even the place where I work is actually paying a referral bonus if uh, they hire someone that uh, you bring in. As strong as things look now, though, you know, things won't always be that way. Our cost of living isn't getting any lower, and uh, wages aren't going to rise forever. And, of course, energy and land are finite resources. Finally, a new record was set here in Hawaii, the highest ticket price ever for a rock concert. The good news for music fans was that the Eagles are coming to the islands again in November. They'll be playing at least two shows, November 29th and 30th, and maybe a third if they sell out. But the bad news is the top ticket price will be $250. Not only is that the highest price we've ever seen, but it's also the highest price charged at any of the stops on the Eagles' current national tour. For, you know, their big sacrifice for uh, the ordeal of coming to Hawaii, the Eagles are expected to make at least $1.2 million. And if you don't need front row center, though, there are tickets available at $65 and $95 as well. The Star Bulletin noted that when the Eagles first came to Hawaii decades ago, they shared the stage with Linda Ronstadt and the most expensive ticket was $6 and their fee was $6,500. So they went from that to $250 tickets and a million dollar take. You know, talk about taking it to the limit. Okay, you know, um, let's skip the autobiographical babble this time and jump straight to the music. Wilfred N. and the Grown Men is a dynamic pop rock duo in Edmonton, Canada, um, that, like most of the artists I feature, really shine when their music mixes a whole variety of styles and influences, and that makes their music ultimately hard to categorize. Wilfred N. and the Grown Men is Wilfred Kozub and Jamie Philp, and uh, it's Jamie who infuses their music with the Hawaiian sound. Jamie was a student of George Kioki Lake in Hawaiian Steel Guitar, and uh, he actually attended the Slack Key and Ukulele Institute in Waimea on the Big Island. They now have a double album out, Waiting for Luck to Come, and a lot of the songs have a Hawaiian flavor. This is the title track off their album, Wilfred N. and the Grown Men with Waiting for Luck to Come. It's about four and a half minutes long. Enjoy.
was Waiting for Luck to Come by Wilfred N. and the Grown Men. They're from Edmonton, Canada. You know, it turns out there's a lot of Hawaiian energy in Edmonton, from George Kioki Lake running steel guitar and ukulele classes to dance schools there that incorporate Polynesian elements. And in fact, outside of Wilfred N. and the Grown Men, Jamie Philp also plays in another band, the Hawaiian Dreamers, and they focus on Hawaiian and Hapa Hawaiian music. Jamie says that his love for Hawaiian music will never end, just like Homer Simpson's love for bacon. If you uh, want to find out more about Wilfred N. and the Grown Men, check out their website at wilfredn.com. And I'll also have the link for you in the show notes at hawaiiup.com. Wilfred tells me that their music will soon also be added to iTunes, Napster, and the like real soon now, so check them out. Okay, it's time to check in with the wife. It's time for... The Pith of Pop, the podcast edition with my happy holly wife, Jen. Thanks for joining us, Jen. Hi. First of all, what are we not going to talk about? We're not going to talk about the second season opener of Lost. Yes, uh, we saw it early, but we specifically decided we're not going to spoil it for anybody. So what we'll be doing today is we're going to talk a little bit about the event, the Brunch on the Beach special debut of the episode, and uh We've set aside sort of the second half for a retrospective Pith of Pop about movies. But first of all, what did you think about the uh, debut showing? Well, it wasn't the best weather night. We got rained on, but it was great. It was very crowded and very loud and just completely just great, overwhelmingly great. I was so glad to be there just to see the show. Thousands of people on Waikiki Beach before a giant screen, red carpet, uh, mobbed by fans, and uh, yeah, I mean, the energy was awesome. I mean, we get sucked into the show sitting in our living rooms, but sitting among other people who are just as passionate about this show, reacting and screaming, it was awesome. Um, who were some of the stars that came down? Naveen Andrews, who plays Saeed, was there. Um, Maggie Grace, who plays Shannon. Josh Holloway, who plays Sawyer. Daniel Day Kim, he plays Jin. Jack, um, the character Jack, who's played by Matthew Fox. Harold Perrineau, who plays Michael. Dominic Monaghan, who plays Charlie. And Michelle Rodriguez, who plays Anna Lucia. And uh, it was great kind of measuring the respective responses as they were introduced. Who do you think got the most uh, noise? I don't know, it was probably a toss-up between Sawyer and Jin. Yeah, I was expecting Sawyer to have uh, the screaming groupies, but I was really surprised that Jin clearly has a big following as well. So Michelle Rodriguez was there. We only saw her character once in the first season, but she's going to be a regular in the second, you know, airport bar lady. There were also two of the new faces who've yet to be introduced and who we don't know who they're going to be. One was uh, Cynthia Watros, and her character is named Libby, but we don't know what she's going to be, but she's very pretty, blonde lady, kind of looks like she could be Shannon's mom, and uh, the tall, striking um, black fellow. Uh, Adewale Akinawe Agbaje, which is uh-huh. about as close as I could get to the way Billy V said it, the MC. But uh, the stars were there. They were standing in the rain, getting their proclamation from the mayor, and then you know sitting down to watch the episode. And uh, was it a good episode? Yes, I, I'm pretty sure that diehard fans will be very very pleased absolutely absolutely awesome even in the rain with people with umbrellas in the way and uh, kids screaming occasionally because they're getting wet i thought it was a spectacular episode 
the question that is looming largest on your mind at the end of season one is the answer you get in the first minute of this episode. But I think I've said too much. So um, let's switch gears here. And uh, Jen, although we've only been talking about Lost all week here at home, you've been kind enough to put together sort of a, a quickie pith of pop. What's your topic? Top five movies I've seen in the last 12 months. Okay, so as I said, a retrospective. We've talked about some of these, but it's good to go back. Uh, what's number five? Star Wars Episode Three. Ah, blockbuster film this year, I think, and uh, in theaters that we got to see it, believe it or not. And what did you think about it? It was a spectacle. You know, it's such a big deal to those of us who grew up in the late 70s and early 80s that, you know, we just loved and appreciated the original trilogy so much that it's almost a requirement to see Anakin Skywalker becoming Darth Vader and to complete the circle. I I have to agree with that. I mean, it was, uh, I kind of compared it to Titanic. It wasn't a major triumph of storytelling or drama, definitely not of acting, but it, but as a movie event, it was almost uh, required viewing. And just like Titanic, you know how it ends, especially because it connects to the beginning of Star Wars Episode Four. But, you know, you just had to see it. And as things go, it was better than I expected. I think George Lucas did a really good job of toning down the special effects and the CGI at the end so that it had more of the spirit and, and more of kind of the same style as Episode Four. So it would connect better. Right. Okay, um, what's movie number four? March of the Penguins. Oh, that was very recent. Uh, we also saw that in the theaters and uh, probably talked about it three or four shows ago. Why'd you like that so much? When I was a kid, I used to really love nature documentaries. You know, I watched Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom, and, and I really just like to watch, sit and watch nature shows. And this is a really, really good nature show. You know, it's narrated by one of my favorite actors, Morgan Freeman, and it's very engaging beginning to end, really, really well made. And uh, any movie where you can watch it with your kids and not be worried about things uh, is a good movie. Right, right. My kids loved it, you know, for, for days after they, they talked about it and were imitating penguins. So I thought it had a real impact on them, too. And uh, as it depicts the hardships faced by penguins to find a mate and have a baby, it sure makes you have a more reasonable perspective on human life. Right. Like, you know, like I mentioned before, when I don't want to get out of bed, I just remember what penguins have to do just to survive. Okay. Um, movie number three. Shaun of the Dead. That was the sort of comedy, sort of horror film out of the UK. Right, right. Probably made, I think, in 2002, if I'm not mistaken. Kind of um, very British humor, very dry. And besides the, the humor and the fun, it's also kind of unnerving, you know. The, the contrast between the horror bits and the comedy bits really makes it effective. I agree. I mean, it was uh, from the name, Shaun of the Dead, I thought, okay, it's just a parody. It's like airplane of a whole genre of films. But in fact, I think it really stood on its own as a horror film. I got, you know, I jumped out of my chair a couple of times. And yet the humor is uh, typically, you know, uh, English, very dry, but still hilarious. Very hilarious. It's, you know, I, I adore British humor. So this was right up my alley. All right. And uh, the second most favorite film you've seen in the last year? Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Ah, that's the uh, Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet film? Right, correct. It's it's written and directed by Charlie Kaufman, the guy who did Adaptation and Being John Malkovich, you know, those kind of mess-with-your-head movies, as I like to call them. This one, is, it's 
less of a mess with your mind film. It's kind of introspective in that way, but it's also a romance, and it's really well made. Um, it's one of those movies where it takes several viewings to fully appreciate what you've seen, and I actually rented it twice just to see if I could pick up all of the little things that, that made it complete. Right, when you got it again, it kind of rolled my eyes, but I did sit down and watch it with you again. And I have to say that the second time I saw Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, I liked it better. Somehow it made more sense. I caught things that I didn't catch the first time. So in that respect, you know, the Charlie Kaufman film style, it definitely, there are little things that you need to catch to really fully appreciate it. Right, right. There's a whole subplot with Kirsten Dunst's character, that seems really kind of superfluous in the first viewing, but re later on, like maybe in your second viewing, you'll realize that it all fits into the, the the story that you're watching between Jim Carrey's character and Kate Winslet's character. And finally, uh, of all the movies we've seen in the last year, number one, what was your absolute favorite? No Contest, House of Flying Daggers. That was a wonderful film, the uh, Hong Kong martial arts film, um, sort of in the same vein as uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, yet definitely different. Way, way different. I think this is probably a movie that's been really overlooked by the American public just because it's similar in theme to a couple of movies, but it really stands on its own. It's got a great script. It's got beautiful cinematography. It's just lovely all around, you know, and it, pretty much everything that you look for in a really great movie it has. Well, I'm not sure if I'd say that it was overlooked by the American public. It was it did very well and got lots of lavish praise and in fact, I would say one of the reasons why I wasn't going out of my way to see it was because I just sort of lumped it in with oh, it's the it's the hot thing of the day, it's the Hong Kong cinema, it's martial arts and, you know, the whole uh crouching tiger thing, but in but when we actually sat down to watch it, I was very impressed. It was an incredible film, like you say, uh, very epic storylines, great characters, great performances. Zhang Zi is in it, and she's been in a number of films, but I thought she was awesome. You know, you knew she was going to kick butt, and uh, Andy Lau as well. So, uh, yeah, all in all, I can definitely see why it's your favorite. Yeah, and it's probably another one of those movies with those little things that you really want to try and absorb and it's probably worth a second or third viewing just to pick up on those little things and you know as we mentioned before the best thing about this film is the climax you know there's a, a big epic huge fight scene at the climax and it just sticks with you it's so beautiful and so moving it's just so complex and there's just so much to it that you really s sit around and think about it for a long time afterward yeah, it's sort of a Tarantino-esque Mexican standoff, but it's not. And it, it happens relatively quickly, and then you have to sit back and consider the motives of each of those characters. And, and really, there's a lot going on there. Definitely a great film. Okay, so Pit the Pop recap. The top five films you've seen in the last year so far are... Star Wars Episode Three, March of the Penguins, Shaun of the Dead, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and House of Flying Daggers. All right, and that's actually a great mix of films, from comedies to epic dramas, um, all recommended by The Pith of Pop. If you haven't seen any of them, definitely add them to your Netflix queue. As for next week, uh, the rest of the United States will see the season opener of Lost on Wednesday night, and that's probably what we're going to be talking about. We're definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, we are. I'm beyond excited. But until then, uh, thanks for joining us, Jen. 
My pleasure. By the way, I did wear my Mr. Cluck's Chicken Shack t-shirt down to the special advanced premiere, but no one noticed the Lost reference. I'm telling you, though, um, Mr. Cluck's is going to be a big hit this season, so um, check it out. Check out the shirt. It'll be a collector's item. All right, how about another song? You know, just yesterday I got in touch with a singer-songwriter named Amanda Fraser. She was actually born in Japan, but she grew up in Hawaii since she was two, uh, in Aiea, in fact, and she went to high school in Manoa at Lutheran High. Um, she played in lots of small, intimate shows here in Honolulu, but right now she's attending college in California at Chapman University. She's actually back in Hawaii right now for summer, um, soaking up the sun and making music as always. She's got an acoustic, folksy sound, and this song is called Collide. And uh, Jen really liked it, and I think you will too. This Aya girl is Amanda Fraser with Collide. It's just over four minutes long. Please enjoy, and I'll see you on the flip side. Just to let my hair hang low to a phrase 
That was Collide by Amanda Frazier, an island girl at heart attending college in California. She actually doesn't have an official album out yet, but she does send out a CD of her stuff if you ask nicely. If you want to hear more and find out more, you can visit her profile on MySpace at myspace.com slash Amanda Frazier. That's Amanda F-R-A-Z-I-E-R. And of course, I'll have the link for you in the show notes at HawaiiUp.com. If you like her sound, let her know, because, you know, I certainly did. Now, uh, I'd like to share with you another listener comment. This one from Supermom Page in Northern Virginia. Yes, the page of the Mommy Cast, the definitive mom rockin' podcast, which she does with Gretchen. Um, Paige's family is from Hawaii, so uh, she still has Ohana and Kailua and Kaneohe. And here's what she had to say. Hey, Ryan. This is Paige from Virginia. Uh, Mommy Cast still loves Hawaii. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to call. My son and I were listening to your podcast in the car, and he said to me, Mom, you got to call and tell Ryan what you love about the islands. And I, this is going to sound weird, but you know what I miss about the island is uh, this the air. I miss the smell of the air. When you get a, off the airplane and you walk out the airport and the open airport and the beautiful smells and feels so good to be there and I miss sitting on my parents lanai and looking at the scenery and just smelling the air miss the air (laughs) anyway I hope you're doing well talk to you soon bye thanks for that uh, Paige and uh, I'm glad that listening to Hawaii Up makes you think of the beautiful island breezes and not my breath Um, I'd like to send a big aloha out to you and your ohana there in Virginia your husband Jeff and great kids Sam, Catherine, Matt, Lola and baby John Now, if uh, anyone else has something to share, if you want to share what you miss or what you love about Hawaii, you can too. It's as easy as dialing 808-356-0127. You can just also record something on your computer and send it to me at comments at HawaiiUp.com. Of course, if you just want to talk story or have a suggestion or even a complaint, you can send an email there as well. Like I said, hearing from you is what makes this all worthwhile for me. Now, before I go, I wanted to send out a couple of big congratulations. First to Todd, Todd Cochran of the Geek News Central Podcast, the great granddaddy of podcasts here in Hawaii. He's putting out his 100th episode this weekend, and he's got prizes and everything. So, you know, I got to say, Todd, I'm in awe. Todd provides me with just the right dose of tech talk that I need each week, uh, twice a week, actually. And, you know, the stories that he sometimes share about his life and his wife and kids are Really, the icing on the cake. Hanaho, Todd. Uh, here's to another 100 episodes. Secondly, I wanted to say congrats to tireless island entrepreneur Peter K., who's actually got so many titles and companies, I really never know what to call him other than that. He also does the VoteHawaii.com podcast, as well as running the TownPodcast.com podcast portal. Um, anyway, he recently came back from India where he managed to sell his latest baby, spam fighting tech firm Titan Key, for over $2 million. So kudos to you, Peter, another success story. And, you know, we really should throw a celebration dinner or something, but you're buying, all right? And uh, that's it for this week, folks. Uh, once again, if you've got something to say, just call 808-356-0127 or email me at comments at hawaiiup.com. If you know a local artist or a musician with Hawaii ties, I want to hear about it. And uh, speaking of music, I also want to say thanks to Akamai Brain Collective for the great theme music. 
Mahaloa Nui Loa, thank you very much for spending time with me. Ma Lama Pono, please take care. And until next time, uh, hui ho.